It's definitely going to be an early morning. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to die thinking about it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, honestly, 4.30 isn't going to be that bad. I mean, I've done it to go to the airport, but not to but drive. But not to drive seven hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad that you're driving the first leg of the trip. Yep. I mean, you're making the coffee in the morning, so. It's true. Also, we need to double check when Starbucks opens, because I need myself pumpkin spice latte since they're out all of a sudden. They are. It is time. PSL. PSL. With almond milk. Mmm. It's like a pumpkin pie. They're really good. They're pretty sweet. But they're good. Okay. Well, I'm going to have it before we start our diet, so. Okay. It's true. Well, hello, everyone. Hello. This is Blood and Wine. I'm Brittany. And I'm Tyler. And I wanted to make sure we didn't forget to introduce ourselves this time around. It's true. Uh, yeah, we definitely, in the last episode, <laughs> didn't introduce ourselves until the last, like, two minutes. Yep, the episode. last two minutes. So, so if you were wondering who we were, you had to wait all the way to the end. Which, honestly, at this point, you should know who we are, I think. I Yeah, I would hope you know who we are. <laughs> but, you know... You're supposed to, like, intro yourself and... You, you know, know, it's it's what the cool kids do these days. It is. It's what I hear. So, but yeah, we're getting up really early tomorrow to drive to Oklahoma. And it's it's Friday night, uh, almost 9.30. And we're just now starting recording. So, yeah. this is going to be fun. But, like, it's... who needs sleep? You know, we had coffee earlier, so it'll be fine. It'll I'm be actually good. not tired right now. No, I just really want some wine. I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> and with that, let's open the bottle. No, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> I oh, I had a glass of wine at work today. We had a wine group meeting. We have, like, a social club at work that's just Oh, that's right. You did that this week, right? On Tuesday? Yes, because I, you brought yeah. me home a half bottle of and wine. Because I was passing a kidney stone, so. Oh. Uh, and did yeah. you pass it yet? I think so. I haven't seen it. But I haven't felt it in like two days, so fingers crossed. I think we're in the clear. But yeah, so we had a wine club meeting where you just bring a bottle of wine. Everyone tries different wines, drinks it. It's great. So uh, my coworker, she brought a bottle of the uh, Nineteen Crimes Pinot Noir. I haven't tried that one. Um, so she brought it. I didn't have it while we were at the meeting. Oh. Um, and then you know she only only had, had like half of it. So she put it on her desk, and today she was out of office. So I was like, yo. I pinged her, and I was like, hey. So I have a serious question to ask. Oh, my God. It just breaks my heart thinking about wine going bad, and you have a bottle on your desk that's open, and it's going to be bad by the time you get back on Tuesday. What should we do about this? And she was like, oh, my God, I forgot about it. Yeah, go for it. So I had a glass of wine at 11 a.m. today, and by 11 Um... a.m., I mean it was like 10.30 you just wanted to say 11 to make yourself feel a little bit better. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was 10.30. It's okay. The earliest I've had a glass of wine was 6 a.m.? Maybe 5 a.m. If it's at the airport, it doesn't count. No. Oh. No. But it was prior to traveling. It was okay. so wine didn't go bad. Yeah. There was one where um, Mama and I had a glass of wine with our bagel before we flew home from New York City because... You have to. You had to finish the wine. You have to finish the wine. You can't let wine go It bad. was a J. Lore cab, oh. too, so we definitely weren't going to waste Fair. that. You know, that's my fave. Yeah, I so know. anyone who knows, as of right now, my favorite wine is either the J. Lore cab or the Saldo um, Zen mm. or Smith & Hook cab. See, mine still is um, 
the Saracena Vineyards Cab. I will say though, I did, and I'm, I've been looking for this wine. If I've already told this story, apologies, but I don't think I have. But this is a, you know, true crime comedy wine podcast, so we can talk about wine, talk about wine. more than once. So, um. Wine, wine, wine. I'm pretty I, sure I've, t- I know I've talked about all the ones I just mentioned. Fair. Uh, so I used to work in a um, coffee shop inside a grocery store, and one day they had like an incorrect shipment. So they got a couple bottles of wine they'd never ordered before, one of which was an Earthquake Cab. It's a California Cab. I love the bottle. Really wanted to try it, but I was super poor, and it was like a $30 bottle, so I didn't yeah. get it. Which is still pricey. Yeah. It still now is $30 is quite a bit. Yeah. Then they never had it again because... It was a mistake order. It was order. a mistake. Yeah. So I've been looking for it because that was what I wanted. I like to treat myself, buy myself a nice bottle of wine if I, like, you know, get a job offer or have a have a big celebration. You know, I had one when I got my current job. And it's yeah. it's important to celebrate things. Yes, it um, is. And anyway, so maybe two weeks ago, we were at our dad's at the grocery store, just like picking up stuff for dinner. Yep. And we were walking past the wine area. And of I was like, we had to get some more. Yeah. There and I was just, enough. I was just checking because every time I go to a new grocery store, I check like habitually. Um, and I wasn't expecting much because it wasn't, I mean, it was a Kroger. It wasn't, you know, big fancy. And they had it. They had Earthquake Cab. And I was like, I'm buying it right now. I don't know what I'm going to drink it for or if I'm but just going to drink it. it. But I finally have it. And it's been like four years. Since you've in, had it? Since I've, well, I've never had it before. It's been like four years since I saw it and have wanted to try it. Oh, I thought you tried it before. No, I've never had this one. Oh. So this one could be a favorite. It's my favorite bottle. But my favorite wine is the Saracena Vineyards. Which there's a, um, I want to go, it's a liquor store, I think it's like Wine World or something, here in Austin. What? Where their thing is, if you know the name of the wine, they will order it for you. What? That's amazing. I know. So I want to go and be like, yo, can y'all order Saracena? Because the only other place I've seen it is a restaurant in Oklahoma City. But I've yeah. never seen it at any other restaurant, any other store. If y'all, if y'all know, if y'all see Saracena, um, it's, like, it's probably like, I don't actually know how much it would be in a store. Just at the vineyard, it was know. a $50 bottle. Could be more So it might store. be like 60 or something. I don't know. If y'all see it, let us know. Yeah. Please add us. I've never tried it, so it's I'd love to. So you talk about it all the time. So good. Yeah. Uh, we should go to Wine World, though, and see if we can order it, because that would be yes. fun. Can we also mention that you have kitty cats on your shirt? I do. So I also like the Wine Social Club. There's a Cat Lovers Social Club at work. Why don't you have a wine shirt? Because the wine club at my office is fairly new. Oh. They have a big one at the main headquarters Yeah, um, that's been going for a few years. But ours was actually started just a few weeks ago. Sweet. Uh, well, yeah, I have my little little cat shirt. It has cats all over it. It's cute. Anyways, so. So, just a um, quick note. Patreon. Yes. Don't Patreon. forget. It's still Check there. It it's waiting for you. We're doing murder minis. Um, it's 
technically on a bi-weekly, but sometimes if we get them done sooner, we'll post them. So it's a surprise. Yeah, they're, they're pretty random. It's a surprise. Everything's a surprise. Everything's a surprise. But yeah, if y'all also, if there are extra little tidbits and stuff that y'all love to see from us, let us know and, you know, we might start putting it on Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're very yeah. open to what, what we put on there. We've got like our standard, um, what you get at each level, but... Yeah. Because well, we've talked info. about Love posting like our our uh, recording notes and like our sources and kind of preying them up and posting them there on Patreon. So if yeah. that'd be something you're interested in, well, and that's something that we could do now on Patreon. Yeah, and uh, eventually when we have a website and a blog, we'll put it on there. But for now, if sure. you're interested in those notes, let us know. Yeah. So, um, also be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Or yes. Google Play, or Stitcher, Stitcher SoundCloud, or like Pod, Fling, uh, who knows? All the things, all but the we're things. out there, so be sure to subscribe and you'll get alerts when we have our new episodes. So, yeah. But yeah, other than that, um, any new news going on for you? I feel like I don't. I feel like this week was so long, um, yeah. and I think it's because we're getting ready for the three day weekend. Yeah, we're, so we're recording of, this right before Labor Day, by the way. Yeah, I'd say all of y'all, in our, you'll hear our last episode the day after Labor Day when oh. you're back at work. But uh, for us right now, in this time, we're ready for this well-deserved three-day weekend. I'm ready. I'm also just, ugh. I, I want, all I want to do is catch up on sleep, and I know I'm not be able to do that tonight. And I'm just sad about it. Because let's be real, we'll finish recording and it'll be like, I don't know, 11.30. Yeah. I ain't going to bed at 11.30. I'm probably going to go to bed and it's going to be like 1 to 2. I'm going to wake up a couple hours later and just cry. Yeah, I'm going to try to be to bed by like 12.30. But after we record, I still have to pack and everything. Like, I haven't Same. even started. I haven't started either. Maybe I I'll pack and then pop some melatonin. Yeah, I did wash my hair this morning to make sure I didn't have to I do did that too. yesterday. I mean, to, so I didn't have to do that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I like, I was like pre-thinking. I was like, okay, what is the... Because literally, I want to roll out of bed, get Charlie, go to your place for coffee, and leave. Yeah, like, that's the plan. And So we're going to wait. We're gonna, I'm going to make coffee, and then we're going to go to Starbucks and get more coffee. I thought we talked about you making coffee. I know we did, but I was just thinking about it because we are going to hit up Starbucks. I mean, we can always hit up Starbucks halfway through after we've had our first cup of coffee. That's probably best. Let's hit Ooh, up we Starbucks hit in it Dallas. Up. Oh, I'll say we could hit it up like around west. See if there's one around west. Oh, yeah, because we so want to get the kolaches. So I've never had kolaches before. There's this town in between um, Austin and Dallas called West. Yeah. Tiny town, like a thousand people. Yeah. Famous for their kolaches. I don't really know what a kolache is. I know it's a pastry. The best ones have fruit in them. They're so I have no idea what it is. So really. good. I can't. I'm wait imagining to show you a them. Danish. Kind of. It's very similar to a Danish, and there's all different kinds of fruit, like cherry, raspberry, peach. Some of them have oh, cream God. cheese in them too, so it's like peach cream cheese. That would not sit well with me. Oh well, for me it does. <laughs> no, I'm like wonderful. I can't have dairy, but thank you. But there's others that don't have dairy. Oh, yum. Well, anyways. On that note. On that note. Um, 
I think I'm going to introduce the topic now. Do it. What so is it? this week, yeah, I know you don't know, and you've I have got no you've got, idea. You've got just, ten minutes to come up with your case afterwards. Just going to pull it out of my ass. So for this week, when I was looking and thinking about cases, I wanted to pick something a little bit disturbing. Granted, yeah. most all of our cases are. Most all I mean, of our topics are. Yeah. But the angle I was getting at with this is you never know what's going on with your neighbors. It's true. You never know if that family of four has something hidden in the basement or if that, you know, single person that's living next door is holding all these, you know, I guess everything's in the basement. All the bodies. Uh, basically. The Don't have a basement. You're good. Well, you're not, but the point is, you never know what's happening with your neighbors. You never truly know Mm -hmm. your neighbors, honestly, never truly know anyone. I'm just saying, you never really do know anyone. You think you do, but you don't, because people do some fucked up shit that you would never imagine. Oh, I know. But anyway, so whether it's, you know, your neighbor or someone you know, like, Mm -hmm. you never know what they're capable of. So this week is... The title I think I'm going to come up is like Murderer Next Door. Yeah. Essentially. I just, I think it's so, I, I love this topic because to me, one of the things that's so interesting is it's, it's so intimate and not intimate in like a, but intimate in like a personal way. When yeah. you catch glimpses into, like someone has their blinds open, you're walking past and you see them like living in their home because they're in a whole different world. It's their personal space and it's they're not thinking about outside people looking in they're living their life i think about this a lot because my desk at work literally faces an apartment like tower yeah so i just look into people's apartments all day you see naked people ever uh no but when i was in seattle uh at my office we were across the street from a hotel yeah and we were on the 18th floor so we had a good view of this hotel and we would like you would hear you know it was only happened a few times where they'd be like naked guy and then we'd all <laughs> run to the windows and then one of my coworkers, she was like she was in her late 70s early 80s and she'd come just trotting in with her binoculars that she kept in her desk that's we'd all pass them around looking at naked people because and it wouldn't be like That's a, oh, awesome. this person got out of the shower. It would be people that were perfect. Because just the way that the windows and everything in this hotel were, you had to be at the window naked. Like, you you wanted people to see you kind of thing. Yeah. So it didn't... Because it, when it first happened, I was like, this is kind of an invasion of privacy. Like, these people are just, like, getting out of the shower. <laughs> then I was looking, I was like, oh, no, that dude's waving his dick at the city. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. No. But it I was, love it. It was wonderful. But no, so <laughs> I never see that. So he's people. waving without his hands. Basically. Helicopter? Uh, Essentially. No. Oh. But uh, anyway, so I but I just think it's so interesting being able to see these glimpses into people's lives. Yeah. I also think about it when I'm in the car. Because you look over at other people in the car next to you. They're not thinking about people I mean, looking at the them. half the time they're, they're picking just, their nose. They're picking their nose or they're like jamming out singing at the top of their lungs like they're in their own element their own world yeah and it's so interesting because from the outside a house is a house yeah but on the inside it's your world and it's your home mm-hmm. it's yeah so 
That's our topic, and I'm really interested to see what case you picked, and I'm mm-hmm. really excited to tell you mine. I know. I want to hear yours. So. But with that, I'm going to, like, intro the wine. Yes, let's talk about this wine. I'm uh, very intrigued. So this wine is one that I was a little drawn to. Kind of makes me think of Game of Thrones. It makes me think. So I'm sure some of y'all have thought this before. What does Tyler do? He hates TV. He hates, he doesn't watch TV really. He doesn't like movies. He, what does he do? Does he sit there and stare into the darkness? And yes, I do. Now, one of the things that... <laughs> I just like looking at you. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, one of the things I, I really like is... Doing this podcast, because that's pretty much what we do. Just saying. I mean, uh, yes. But the other thing you the like to do... The other thing is uh, World of Warcraft. I'm a fan. Yeah, um, you play WoW. And this wine just made me think of it, because it's very, like... Yeah, like, WoW, Game of Thrones, like, fantasy... Game. I don't know what the hell. There's something about it that it's, um, it's like the font, it's the presentation of the label. It's like a shilled, old timey looking yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, this wine is called Legend of the Vine. Also, the name. I yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, so this is a California cab from 2016. Uh, it's a Sonoma wine. Nice. So H E B, where we got this wine, describes yep. it as such. Our Cabernet Sauvignon delivers a dark, edgy wine that attacks the senses with a heady mix of blackberry, plum, and peppery spices. Ooh, peppery. I know. We haven't done a peppery one in a long time we, at all, maybe. I don't think so. I'm not sure. The ast- I can't remember. I think we've done we a We drink sin. a lot. I yeah. Know. <laughs> the astute palate combines intense flavors of brambly forest berries, which, cool. I don't know what that is. And Poison plums. berries, maybe. Oh. Dusted by oh, I'm just bullshitting. I have no idea. (laughs) Dusted by oak spices. Again, I don't know what an oak spice is, but cool. Ripe fruit lengthens across the finish. Dirty, (laughs) Uh, adding a juicy complement to the structured tannins. Also dirty. That whole last part was like, are you reading a wine label or an erotic novel? Well, ew. I don't want to hear about. I don't want to know about where juicy. tannins fit in an erotic novel. Well, I'm just talking about lengthening at the finish with juicy compliments. Yeah, <laughs> this bold wine was made for carnivores. Pair it with grilled steaks or roasted meats and rich sauces, which we're doing neither. We're pairing it with murder. So. We're pairing it with murder. All right, well, um, you open that up. I'm trying. <sighs> We're using my pretty hip wine glasses again. Mm-hmm. They're super cool, super hip. Basically, they're probably going to be the wine glasses y'all see most because Brittany's in love with them. I am, but you know what we should have fucking used? My Game of Thrones wine glasses that are at your oh, apartment. They are. Oh, well. Next time. I'm excited about this wine. Me. Too. Although I'm also just mostly excited to be drinking wine right now. Ooh, it's really dark. It is. It's pretty. It's a mm-hmm. pretty color. It really is. The one thing about these hip glasses, they're huge, so I have no idea how much is a glass. Yeah, I mean, it's not as... It's much less than what you're pouring, but... Perfect. Yeah, that is perfect. All right. Okay. Let's smell it. Let's smell this. 
smells very fruity, for sure. Um, there's a smell that I can't identify. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's very, like, strong. Yeah. This is, it's pro- that's the tannins, I'm sure. Yeah. So. All right. You want to give it a try? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. That was weak. We're redoing that. Cheers. Cheers. So these make an interesting cheers, and that's because they're so thin. I know. And I'm kind of terrified I don't want to shatter it. I know. That was a little bit hard, and I got scared. Okay. It needs to breathe. It does need to breathe. It has a lot of complex flavors. It's a very... That's what we smell is the pepper. It's a very heavy wine. It honestly tastes like like it is a very much a cab, yeah. but it has a lot of the like Zinfandel flavors. It does. It has a lot of Zen flavors in here, which I really is like surprising. It. I do too. I'm a fan. Me too. Also, this one was like $12 a... or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like 12 it's, like... it's been a while since we've had a really deep red. It's true. Mm. It's a good thing. All right. So, with that done... With okay. the topic out of the way, the wine out of the way, let's hear about your neighborly murder. Okay, so before I get too deep into mine, I do want to... You haven't to... gotten any deep into it. You haven't even started. <laughs> before I start mine, <laughs> I want to add a disclaimer before I get into it. Ooh. And um, for you, this will be a, a tiny bit of a spoiler, but it does have to do with uh, a young child. Mm. And I, I do get pretty detailed in this case. And so if that's something, listeners, that you're not wanting to hear, um, maybe this might not be an episode for you. Yeah. Or maybe you want to skip to Tyler's yeah. case. But I just, you'll you'll understand as you start to mm-hmm. hear the detail I go into why I'm giving this warning. It's pretty disturbing. Okay. So, yeah. F- I mean, feel free if y'all like to, if, if that's not something you want to listen to, skip to the middle probably like the hour-ish mark yeah so and i know we don't normally do that and i know we have talked about child murders but the detail that i'm giving in this one takes it to another level that i don't really think we've gotten to before yeah and anyway okay at least in the case of a child so yeah. just want to put that out there okay so my case is the murder of jamie rose bolin oh have you heard of this one? I know the name. Yes. I think when I start to get into it, you may be a little bit familiar with it. Because this was a case. It happened um, April 12, 2006. So it was right before... Like, it happened mm-hmm. right before I moved to Norman for college. Yeah. And Purcell is maybe a half hour outside of Norman. Mm-hmm. And... So, the trial and everything happened while I was in college. It was my oh. freshman and sophomore year of college. Yeah, because so, I would have been in middle school, so probably not paying attention, but hearing about it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So, the sources that I used, uh, I actually heard about this one on Sword and Scale, which, again, guys, listen to that podcast. It's fucking Oh, phenomenal. my God. It's amazing. It is literally my new obsession, and... I love it. So I used Sword and Scale, which is where I first um, got the idea. I was like, oh, shit. And like got details. Um, Murderpedia, which is, for those of y'all who have never looked at Murderpedia, it's amazing. And it has so mm. much information, so many different articles. So 
On Murderpedia is where I found a lot of these articles, like from News OK, etc. Yeah. Um, so, all right. I'm going to jump into this. So a little bit about Jamie. She was 10 years old in the spring of 2006. Mm-hmm. And she lived with her father at an apartment complex there in Purcell, Oklahoma. Her dad was who she spent the majority of her time with as far as parental figures were concerned. Her mom was a truck driver. Okay. So she wouldn't see her mom for periods of time, for yeah. long spans of time. Yeah. And that's her mom loved being out on the road and that was that was just the life she lived. Mm-hmm. Um so Jamie is just your average ten year old girl. Yeah. She goes around the neighborhood, she rides her bike, she goes to school there in the city. Uh Purcell is a small farm town ish place. Mm. Kind of. It's where it starts becoming farms. Yes. So yes. there are farms, but it also It's still is, a city. Well, uh, town. It's a yeah. town. It's Excuse like me. Let me pick my a couple thousand right. people. Yeah, so it's smaller. Um, it's when you get into Oklahoma, you're driving south towards Dallas and Purcell is one of the first cities you reach outside of Norman. Not the first, but one of the first. There are small yeah. towns around. There's like Goldby and... Goldsby, like, yeah. Washington, a few little towns like that, but... Purcell's the one that has like gas stations and fast food and hotels. Yeah. The first one. So. And like, for example, some of the people I worked with when I worked at the University of Oklahoma, they lived in Purcell. Yeah. So it's it's not very far from the city, and it's known for its close proximity to Norman because yeah. a lot of people work in Norman. Yeah. So, Jamie, cute little girl, doing her thing, being a ten year old, being a little mm-hmm. sweetheart. She's very friendly. She's of course very naive, like all ten year olds yeah. are. And what what she didn't, you know, obviously realize is that. There are people that she was in close proximity to that were not not necessarily had her best interest at heart. Yeah. Oh, God. One of these people who happened to be her neighbor was Kevin Ray Underwood. So, Kevin lived at the same apartment complex and in the same building as Jamie. Mm -hmm. He was on the first floor catty corner to their upstairs apartment. So, just across the breezeway on the first floor. Okay. And he was a very disturbed individual. Mm-hmm. Um, he dealt with depression for a lot of his life. He had social anxiety disorder. and he So, he stayed at home a lot. Yeah. Um, just being afraid of going out. And this was something that, of course, was somewhat exacerbated by the fact that he did live alone. And he spent a lot of his time on the computer and playing games. And not that... Not that that created this, but it just, again, like I said, it exacerbated his social anxiety disorder. Yeah. He was on and off medication throughout his young adulthood. Mm -hmm. And just, I I believe he was also diagnosed as bipolar at some point. Mm -hmm. So there were just a lot of things that were going on with some mental disorders um, that Kevin was dealing with. And he did not have a history of mental illness, but he did have things that required medication. Yeah. Um, Like serious mental illness. He didn't have that. He did have a blog, however. And so this, back in the day, uh, you know, 2003 to 2006, Mm -hmm. we remember this is the MySpace era, the live journal, like people are doing all these 
blogging platforms. And Kevin was very, um, he, he frequented his blog on a regular basis. And he would talk about his social phobia. He would talk about the medications he was on. And, and he would describe these things at length. He also, on his blog... I remember this case. Do you know? I remember... Okay. Alright. Well. So, he acknowledges on his blog all these crippling times of depression that he had. And especially during the time when he started college, when one of his unrequited crushes died in a car accident. Jesus. So, it's someone that he, you know, felt very much loving feelings for, and they died. When he was off his medication, he started to recognize that his thoughts were growing a little bit more bizarre. Yeah. And he would post very odd news stories on his blog. And then um, those quizzes that you would take, he would take really disturbing ones like, how evil are you? Mm. And around the time uh, before the killing of Jamie happened, he had been seeking potentially getting on Lexapro, but he didn't. Okay. He also constantly felt lonely. Like, he was very... He acknowledged his loneliness a lot. Yeah. And again, a lot of this comes through his blog entries. And, and how old was he? Around this time, he was in his young 20s. He, he was born in 79. Okay. So, here, like, when he's writing the blog and whatnot, he's like 20, 23, 24-ish. Yeah. Okay. And then... Um, I guess in 06, that would make him, what, 27? Yeah. Yeah. So, he he constantly felt the need to have a girlfriend. And on his blog, he talked about wanting to be touched. And not necessarily in a sexual way, but, but just how yeah, that he had... human contact. Yeah, he had no human contact. He said something, I think, about how he had hugged one person that was not a family member that was female in his entire life. So he just, he's longing for human interaction, but he has social anxiety, so he's not, he he just can't bring himself to get out of the house. Yeah. And, of course, with all of his loneliness and just the things he started looking at, obviously he started, I say obviously, in his case, he started looking at a lot of porn, Mm -hmm. and the more and more he looked at, the more it would take for him to get off. And so his fantasies started becoming darker and darker until he was eventually looking at uh, rape fantasy porn mm. and even um, autopsy photos, oh. death, crime scene photos. Like it just got to a Ooh. very, very dark and sinister place with his fantasies. This is just the state of mind that he was in yeah. when he came up with a plan of what he wanted to do so hang on i gotta get some one yeah because i'm about to get into the what his fantasy was and what his plan was yeah fueled by these dark sexual fantasies that involve torture rape and cannibalism yeah so kevin was obsessed with serial killers and of course one of those being jeffrey dahmer Mm -hmm. and For those of y'all who literally know anything about serial killers, you've probably heard about Jeffrey Dahmer. Also, listen to episode one. And I'm like, you could also listen to our first episode. episode When I go into great disturbing detail Mm. on Dahmer. But 
Kevin was fascinated by him, and Dahmer was a cannibal, the Milwaukee cannibal, who killed 17 people, had body parts all in his fridge, uh-huh. ate them, probably served them to his neighbors, like just... God. Some of the darkest, darkest cannibalism behavior that you can really learn about. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, to me, Dahmer is even more disturbing than Issei Sagawa that I did in episode seven. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Issei... I mean, still super sick. Issei's more of, like, the society and fanfare around him is what's so disgusting. Like, what he did is also very disgusting, but that compounds it. Dahmer is just a whole different, like... Monster. Yeah. Yeah. Monster. Yeah. So, Kevin wanted to kill someone and eat them. Gender didn't matter. Age didn't matter. His plan was to bring someone into his apartment, make them watch porn to get excited he uh, around this time started deciding potentially a child would be better because they'd be easier to subdue and get into his apartment and convince and overpower after watching the porn he wanted to rape them and after the rape was when in his mind things would start turning violent you know as if rape isn't already fucking violent and kidnapping yeah I so he wanted to torture this person in multiple ways. Some of those being taking skewers and poking them through their cheeks. Fuck. And shoving needles in their eyes. Oh. He even had a Barbie doll head that he poked needles in, like through the cheeks and in the eyes. Is much kind of him like practicing this fantasy on the doll yeah after the torture he would then kill the person decapitate them drain their body in his tub of all of their blood that way he could keep the body in bed with him for a few days and it would get blood on the sheets and then he would participate in necrophilia be able to sleep with the body for a couple of days and Uh, Spend some time with it. After that, he wanted to then eat the body. So, he bought a lot of different supplies, such as meat tenderizer, skewers, a large tub, like those big plastic storage containers. um, Because he realized that a cooler was, you know, to get one large enough to fit a body, they're really expensive. So instead he got one of those large storage containers and ice. Because his plan was to keep, you know, to dismember the body, keep it on ice so he could enjoy enjoy it for a while. So after he, you know, ate all the meat, his plan was to dispose of the organs. And his thought was he could probably just throw those in a regular garbage bag and just take it to the dumpster because it's pretty easy to dispose of. And then the bones, that would be all that's left. So he would um, pulverize them, get them smaller, and then drive down the road and scatter them on the side of the road, like in the grass. Jesus. Probably along the highway. Yeah. You know, 35, where we, like, drive all the time. You know, whatevs. So uh, that was Kevin's dark 
fantasy plan that he was trying to execute. He, I, and he, like, got all his supplies at, like, the local Walmart and yeah. the stores. I mean, just... I'm going to look at Purcell a lot differently tomorrow when we drive through. I know. I know. The thing that... Okay, all of this, obviously, is so fucking sick. Yeah. But the meat tenderizer, there's something about that that I am like, are you fucking kidding? Like, are you yeah. fucking serious? This is not a steak. This is a little girl. Yeah. But I I absolutely remember this case. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yeah, it just... Knowing that this was going on when I... When we were... We were in Edmond. We were so close. Yeah. It just... It's... It's one of those things that things start to seem a little bit more real the closer to home they are to you. Mm -hmm. And um, even us, you know, we we read about these things, we research them. It's it's something that we're interested in. But, yeah, it just, it's hard when things are closer to home. So, Kevin, being Jamie's neighbor, would talk to her on occasion. Jamie had been inside of his apartment more than once. He had a pet rat that she liked to come over and pet and play with. And so he had Which, gained yeah. he gained her trust. She was... I mean, I am sure her parents had no idea she would go into his apartment. And so Kevin knew her. And eventually, he decided that that's who he wanted to pick. And he went back and forth in his mind as to if Jamie was who he wanted to kill and inter- you know enact his dark fantasy on. Because he liked her. Yeah. Like, not like in a... He liked her, not in a pedophilic but she way. Was a but nice little kid. He, yeah, she was yeah. a nice kid. He enjoyed her company, and again, Kevin's this very lonely man, and so anyone showing him any kindness and attention, you know, he's gonna let, kind of like yeah. that person yeah. as a friend. Well, apparently not enough. So one morning, uh, Jamie was. About to ride her bike to head out to the library. And I think she actually left and then came back uh, for some reason. I think she had forgotten something inside. And as she's getting back to her bike, Kevin is outside and they start talking. And then she's like, oh, hey, can I, can I come inside and see your pet? Your rat. She wanted to play with the rat. And so Kevin's like, yeah, sure, of course. And so he's got her inside his apartment. And she she comes in, she pets the rat, and she's there for maybe 15, 20 minutes. And he turns on um, Spongebob, turns on cartoons for her to watch. All the while, she's just sitting there in the living room watching cartoons. He's kind of pacing back and forth behind her, trying to decide if he's going to do this or not. Yeah. And... His plan was to knock her over the head with something, make her unconscious so he could rape her. He had decided that the the porn part wasn't going to work. That he could not put on porn and, like, get a child interested in that. And, And I think originally in his fantasy, he was going to be teaching the child about sex and then was going to rape them. And just... Yeah. And he determined that that wasn't the best course of action. So instead, he took what was the heaviest thing he had in his house. It was a large wooden cutting board. And he's holding the cutting board, keeps going up to Jamie and kind of walking away and just being very indecisive. And something happened and he just decided to do it. And so he hits her over the head three or four times. 
but she does not go unconscious. She's screaming. And she's screaming, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh my god, I'm sorry. Oh my god. And he later says that that haunted him. Because she had nothing to be sorry about. He was the one doing this. He was the one that had the plan. Yeah. And so immediately he's regretting his decision. But he'd already started, so he had to finish. He felt he had no choice. God. He could have... He could have fucking stopped. Yeah. He didn't have to continue. Um. So she's screaming, and he... He said something where there must have not been anyone home around him because there's no way he would have gotten away with it because of how loud she was screaming if someone was home. Yeah. And so he takes his hand and he he cups one hand over her mouth and plugs her nose with the other and he's strangling her and suffocating her. And, of course, as as we know, strangling is not like it is in the movies. Yeah. So he's fighting with her for 15 to 20 minutes before she finally becomes lifeless. Jesus. And to to be sure that she does not start breathing again, he places duct tape over her nose and mouth, over the openings, so she can't breathe. Fuck. Next, he did rape and sexually assault her body, but not for long because he did not want the blood to congeal too much because again his plan involved draining the body of all its blood and as soon as yeah. it stops moving it starts congealing yeah so he takes her lifeless body into his bathroom and this is where he is planning to decapitate her so she's a smaller girl she's 10 years old she's like 100 pounds or something and he said that it took a lot more effort than he thought it would to drape her body over the the rim of the tub to so if you're thinking at like say her knees yeah. are on the ground and her head yeah. is over so he can decapitate so he drapes her head over the the rim i fucking hate this case but like oh i know it's horrible it's absolutely horrifying and the fact that i was able to find this much detail is like awful but it's out there yeah um He drapes her head over the tub, and he starts trying to decapitate her with a large decorative dagger. It surprised him how difficult it was to do. He was having a very hard time decapitating her. And when he got to the spine, um, he couldn't couldn't really get through. He couldn't get through it. And there's blood everywhere. It's... It's in his tub. It had already started congealing, so it's clogging up the drain. It's running down the side of the tub. It's all over the floor. And he just, there's more blood than he ever imagined. And again, he's like regretting this. He's like, why am I doing this? This isn't working. Like his plan is not, it's not playing out as planned. Yeah. He then, he gave up. He was never able to completely decapitate her. And he also no longer wanted to eat her body. Like, to eat her. Just something about, I think, seeing the blood congealed and whatnot. It just, I guess, was unappetizing. He... Fuck this guy. Oh, no. He, he's a monster. He's a fucking... I don't know. Because I know I know some of Dahmer's victims were kids, also. They were. I don't know why it feels different, but it, it does. I know. I can't describe it either, but I know what you mean. Uh, he he ended up taking like a two-hour break 
in which he got on the computer and he's chatting with a friend. So he had one person that he would chat with constantly online. And so they're talking about random shit like children's movies and petting squirrels and how there are all these squirrels that are popping up everywhere in children's movies and just stupid shit. Yeah. And so for nearly two hours, Jamie's draped over his tub and he's just online chatting. Then towards the end of it, he kind of makes a comment, like he changes his demeanor and he says he's not feeling well. And um, at this point is when he's trying to hide Jamie's body. He takes this tub that he had originally bought to store the body in ice. And um, he wants to shove her body in there to just get rid of it and hide it. And of course, um, rigor mortis had set in. So he had a really hard time getting her body completely in there. He finagles it in there. The lid won't completely go on. So he duct tapes it and duct tapes around the seal so the smell can't come out. Yeah. And he shoves this in the back of his closet. He then takes her bike and disassembles it, shoves it under his bed. Because, of course, you know, when he took her, he took her bike, too. He couldn't leave it out there. Because then people would know. Because he wanted people to think maybe she ran away or maybe she's on her bike. And, you know, because at this point, the search is on. Like, Jamie's family has realized that she left for the library and never came home. And this Um, is, like, maybe four hours after? Yeah, something like that. So, um... So, have police not been to his door like, hey, have you seen Jamie? So, no. I mean, I don't know, but... um, Kevin then goes outside and joins the search to find her. All the while, she's in his fucking closet. And so he's looking around, like, helping the family and, you know, playing the part of the the neighbor that's just trying to help find the girl. And then around 8 p.m., he says he has to go back inside because he's got work the next morning. Um, And that's when he actually goes inside and cleans up his bathroom. So his bathroom is just covered in... While he's out searching for her body. Searching, quote-unquote, searching for her. Oh, sorry, as a body, but searching for her. So, of course, as the days start to pass, Kevin is becoming very paranoid. This same friend that he would chat with online, he was talking to her a couple days later, told her about the missing girl, and is just playing like this, again, this worried neighbor, and um, that he's very concerned, and his friend's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, and... Then he would say things like, I'm afraid the cops would come into my apartment and see all the knives and swords and horror movies and and commentaries about serial killers on my DVD rack and and suspect me. And his friend was like, why would they suspect you if you have nothing to worry about? Yeah. Like, why? They wouldn't do that. So about five days after, the police set up a checkpoint and Kevin was pulled over during this checkpoint on the 17th. Part of this because two of the other neighbors at the apartment complex had confirmed that Kevin was the last person to see Jamie alive. Yeah. So I guess some people had seen him talking to her or whatever. He was a person of interest, not yet a suspect at this point. After they, they took him in for a little bit of an interview after this, after this checkpoint... So after about a 45-minute interview, 
Kevin agrees to let the police come to his apartment to search it. Mm-hmm. And so when the police get there, he's he's cool, he's calm, they're looking around. And then he starts to get a little bit nervous when they open his closet. Yeah. And they see this tub with this duct tape around it. And the police ask what it is. And he says, oh, my comics are in there. And I taped it around the edges because I don't want any moisture to get in to destroy them. And the police are like, okay, well, can we look in it? And he says yes. And they start to pull up the corner and they see this blue tank top. And they say, um, these aren't comic books. This is clothes. And it's at that moment when he admits to them that he murdered her, tried to decapitate her. And he goes, go ahead and arrest me. She's, she's in there. I chopped her up. But you didn't chop her up, but that's what he said. Um, what the fuck? Ooh. Also, I... It's... Those poor police officers. That I know. They didn't want to find a dead girl No, I'm, I'm sure that's not what they thought they would find. Like, maybe they thought they'd find some evidence, something, because, again, he's a person of interest, but, you know, maybe a couple clues, but I'm sure they didn't anticipate to find her body. Well, and it it doesn't, after especially going over all of these cases and stuff, it doesn't surprise me. It very much saddens me, but it doesn't surprise me, like, how high the suicide rate is for police officers. No. And just... No. And I don't know, I'm not in a... We, we don't have really any police officers in the family that we know of. Like, we're not a... We're not a police family. Because I feel like when one pe- when one member of the family is in the Sometimes, police, like, it, it, it becomes a family on. thing. Yes, yes, I, yes. I have a friend that, like, her dad was uh, for the sheriff's office. She worked for it. Her sister also worked for it. Like, it... Yeah. The family does. Yeah. And... But, so, I don't know. There might be. But I don't know if there are enough, like, resource groups for... Specifically for, like police officers mental health and like counseling and not just like I'm grief sure counseling but if there is I mean, I'm sure it's not enough but um no I, the things that they see and go through I mean it I don't know this from anyone personally I'm, I'm not friends with any officers but I can only imagine it's something that haunts them constantly yeah and that work is I feel like when you're in a job like law enforcement your job's on your mind all the time. Yeah. There's no it, nine is, to five. There's no, no. like, oof, I'm leaving the office. I can forget about it. No. And especially if you're an investigator in the FBI and just roles like that, like, your brain doesn't shut off. You don't go home and get to turn off your brain for these cases <laughs> that you're working in. And it's just, I wish there were more resources. I don't think there are enough because no. I cannot name a single one. No, and I just think that a lot of the, and not only the suicides, but police officers becoming violent and, you know, becoming criminals themselves, there's yeah. so much of that can be, could be alleviated by having more of these resource groups. I and agree. And more availability and less stigma against it because... Yes. It's... And not even just for police officers, for yeah. everyone. Oh, for everyone. But, like, for the police, like, it's... That's a job I, I could never do. 
I, no. I, I couldn't do it. No. I don't think I could either. For as much as I am very interested in true crime and everything, I yeah. don't think I could make this be something that's past a hobby, which I don't like using that word, but I don't but, know a better word at the yeah. moment. Uh, I don't a think side I side gig. I don't know. Yeah. But cuz that that's one of the very common career paths for people with my degree is yes. to get into law enforcement. It is. And it was something I'm like I can't do that. Like I it's not something that I like I the benefit you provide is so amazing, but just the toll it takes and the the um just, just the mental ability you have to have and just the shit yes. you go through. I, I, I it, don't think I could do it. It takes a very, very special type of person. Yeah. And a special type of strength yeah. mentally in someone to to do that kind of job. Mm-hmm. And even the strongest people can still be broken by this day in and day yeah. out. So the police took him in mm-hmm. and they ended up getting a full taped confession and this taped confession is where all of these details come from yeah and you can find it online if for those of you who are interested the the videos like of him being recorded in the interrogation room which he was very open and i the officers again being just very very good at their job and very smart knew to start it out with complimenting him talking about how he's so well spoken just make him feel really good about himself to get him to open up yeah and so it worked and he did and you know they they got all the details that i've shared previously and then when they asked him what like why cannibalism why was that his goal why is that something he wanted to do and he he just said he wanted to know what it tasted like and the thought of eating someone was appealing to him so again there's no no rhyme or reason no, no. real reason just no. a bored person so during trial uh which happened in 2008 it was a relatively short trial his attorneys did not dispute that he had killed the girl again because there was a full fucking tape confession yeah and um his attorneys did argue however that his life should be spared because he suffered from mental illness that could be helped with medication. Um, because the death sentence was on the table. Yeah. His defense attorneys also said that Kevin was bullied as a child and suffered emotional and verbal abuse from his parents. Mm-hmm. There was some evidence that the prosecution brought against him in addition, obviously, to his confession tape, which the jury did hear all of. Yeah. Um, there was computer evidence, one stating that two months before the killing, he messaged a friend online um, saying he wanted to write a children's book that included anal sex. So just like what? really weird fucked up stuff. Yeah, he wanted to write a kid's book that had anal sex in it. Okay. The Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation also found pictures of autopsies of women on his computer, which I told you about. Yeah. He deleted all of his porn in his browser history, but he fully admitted that there was a ton of porn on his computer and that um, in in this interview or in his confession, he noted that the autopsy photos and the crime scene photos, like he said, they, they're probably still on my computer. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, a little bit more evidence that was brought against him. He apparently 
talked to a worker at Supercuts in Oklahoma City about cooking organs. And um, according to some other documents, his nickname was Zombie Kevin by his co-workers at a grocery store. Because he worked at a grocery store. I don't know what, it, what one. Um, so on February 29th, 2008, the jury found him guilty of first-degree murder after deliberating for only 23 minutes. Like, yeah, I mean, with the confession tape and all this, like they, yeah, there was no question in their mind that he did it and uh, that he was guilty. The jury recommended the death penalty on March seventh, two thousand eight, and on April third, two thousand eight, McLean County District Judge Candace Bullock approved and recommended the death sentence. Um, when the judge handed down his sentencing. Kevin, who was 28 at the time, showed absolutely no emotion. And he still sits on death row today there in Oklahoma. Uh, His appeals have all been denied. I think the last one was in 2016. Yeah. And he is supposed to be, you know, up for death by... I mean, he was convicted of death, uh, death by lethal injection, but I know Oklahoma's changing how they do that and there's been a lot of controversy which is probably why it hasn't yeah. gone through yet but well, there's yeah that's the story of sweet jamie rose bolin who unfortunately didn't get to live live the life that she should have and and i know her family i think her grandmother was the one that was saying that before this happened she was so against the death penalty and then once this happened you know she said Kevin showed Jamie no mercy, and so Kevin didn't deserve any mercy. So his family fully supported it, even those yeah. that did not previously support yeah. the death penalty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is my super insanely fucked up. And now yeah. you know why I had a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Uh, yeah, because I would, I would say I need a drink, but I basically finish off this bottle i know and i need to get to drinking but yeah sorry i brought the darkness yeah that um i think easily takes the cake as the worst case that we've done something about it yeah Yeah. and we've done some really really bad ones and it's all it's hard to pick something Mm-hmm. That's worse than others when they all involve yeah. well, death and murder, and that's always mm-hmm. horrible. It's one of those that, like, if you tried to put it all on a spreadsheet, it'd be like, oh, well, the worst is Gary Ridgway because he murdered the mo- or whatever. But it's the I don't, and I don't know if it's that it's happened in Purcell, if it's that I remember it from. 12 years ago or if it's just it was a child or just everything combined that well and and when it happened you were her age yeah i mean i heard about it 12 but yeah yeah i don't know i it just it was bad this this was the the worst case we've done so far i think watching your face through the whole time i could tell yeah well and it was one of the worst ones for me to research and listen to and again there's something about the level of listening to i listened to his confession and it is really 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 disturbing and 
those are the types of things that I can I can read about it, but when I hear the people talking about it, especially the person who committed these things and just hear their reasoning and it gets to me. It makes did, me it makes me kind of sick. Yeah. Um Did you listen to like the whole confession? Not all of it, but big chunks of it, about yeah. an hour's worth. And um yeah, I and I yeah. I think I think our listeners can tell because I don't think we had much banter. I think it. it uh no, it was just me it, telling it. Yeah. You were just like, oh, oh horrified, God. horrified, absolutely yeah. horrified. Because that I finished. This is not an. This is not a gulping wine. I finished my glass uh quite a long time ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm gonna open bottle number two. Get bottle number two opened before you get into your case. Yeah, which mine is mine is difficult in a different way. I, I think you'll you'll see fairly fairly early on what uh-huh. I mean. Okay, okay. Um, in that it's well, and I'm interested to see if I know yours like you knew mine. Yeah, only because spoiler alert, I know you did an Oklahoma case. It's true. Because remember how we told y'all that we say what city it's in or whatever? Yeah, I texted Brittany and was like, where's yours? She was like, Oklahoma. And this was an I had to be like, okay, but where in Oklahoma? Yeah, exactly like we talked about last time. So, and they're in different cities, but because we ended up both picking Okie Neighbors, which, you know, okay, Uh, we don't live there anymore. It's a, yeah... But yeah, so okay, I finished my glass. You wanna pour? Yes. Um but yeah, so it's now at this point eleven. Um yeah, it's gonna be a late night. <laughs> that is not even. It's fine. That's perfect. Alright, so um so tell me about your case. What did My you pick? case is the murder of Khalid Jabara. Okay, um, I don't think I know this one. So the sources I used were the Washington Post, CNN, KFOR, and the Tulsa World. Okay, ah, Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mine takes place in Tulsa. Okay. So the Jabara family is really well known and loved in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area. Um, This is where they moved to um, in the U.S. in the early 80s. Okay. Um, They originally left Lebanon to escape civil war and persecution that a lot of it was due in part to their Christian faith and the political turmoil that was just happening in the area at the time. So the matriarch of the family... Haifa Jabara. Uh, she runs a pop- That's an awesome name. I know. I really love that name. I fucking love her. Like, because I saw a couple interviews with her and just... I I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Haifa runs a popular Lebanese food catering business. Okay. Um, her husband is ill and stays at home. Um, and they also lived with their son, Khalid. Um and he has a couple siblings. He has, I believe, three siblings. Okay. So they're your average family that yeah. lives in Tulsa. I mean, it just, they're, they're, everything I read about them, I was just like, yeah. It seems pretty normal. I looked at, because in one of the um, 
in one of the news articles, it had like the address that the police responded to. Um, and I looked it up on Google Maps and it, I mean, it literally could be our, like two streets down in the neighborhood we grew up in. Yeah. It's a neighborhood, just a suburban. It's an Oklahoma neighborhood. Oklahoma neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so Khaled had a pretty good relationship with Stephen Schmaus. Uh, he was their next door neighbor. Um, and they, they were friendly to each other. Um, Khaled's in his thirties. Like he's an, their adult son. Oh, okay. Um, and everything was fine. And then it went to shit. Oh. When, uh, Stanley Majors moved in next door with Schmaus. Uh, oh, it's so like became his roommate or whatever? Uh, husband. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I don't know if they were husbands yet. Eventually they were husbands. But they were together. Yeah, they were, I wasn't sure yeah. if they were like friends or something. No, they they're were together. together. Okay. So Majors had a history of violence before moving to Tulsa. Uh, court records show that he was convicted in 2012 of assault with a deadly weapon and making criminal threats in San Bernardino County over oh. in California. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, he moved to Oklahoma. And, like, problems with him, between him and the Jawara family began, like, immediately. So he's, like, just he's, causing chaos with the neighbors. He's so incredibly racist. Oh. Yeah. He's, okay. Uh, so that's yeah. what's going on here. So August 6th of 2013, uh, Haifa filed a restraining order against Majors. Um, in the complaint, she said Majors had harassed and stalked her. He was, like, knocking on her windows late at night. What the fuck? He was harassing her with ugly sex words over the phone, uh, taking pictures and harassing her helper in the garage. Like. Jesus. He's fucking insane. Um, and she said he is very racist towards foreigners and blacks. Like, that was part of the um, restraining order uh, complaint. Yeah. So, Majors responded by filing his own restraining order against her son, Khalid. Oh, what the fuck? So, Majors accused Khalid of harassment, vandalism, trespassing by placing notes on his door, as well as email threats and blackmail. Which sounds like a bunch of made-up shit, and it sounds like it was. Yep. So, Majors was arrested and charged March 18th of 2015... Uh, okay, so a year and a half after the, well, yeah, a, a year and a half after the restraining order and only I'm, uh, I meant three from years. now. Kind of oh, okay. ish from now. Yeah, three, three years ago. Um, he was arrested and charged for violating the restraining order. Fuck you. I okay. want to kill you. Is what oh. he told Haifa, according oh. to a police report. Um, yeah, Haifa also told officers that he had said multiple racial slurs to her in her driveway. And he was kind of known oh. he would stand on his line of the property. And it's a suburban neighborhood. The line in the property is like, you know, three feet away from your house, three feet away from their house, along the side kind of thing. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. If there's a restraining order, how does that work if they're neighbors? I don't know. I think it, I think there must be something of like... The restraining order can't force one party or another to move, but right. they, like, aren't allowed to interact or something like that. Majors, at the time, was intoxicated, and police said he chugged his beer instead of putting it down. Um, 
like when the police told him to put it down, he just chugged it. Um, and he was also charged with obstructing police. Yeah, he's a fucking. And why does why did his husband want to be with him? I have no idea. Because this man sounds like garbage, like a horrible human. Absolute garbage. And everything I read about Stephen, he seemed fine. Yeah, just like just person. Yeah, like there was nothing negative about him. He was just a neighbor. So, tensions between the two households just only increased over the summer. And then they exploded into bloodshed on September 12th of 2015. Oh, God. So, a woman was driving through this suburban stretch of southeast Tulsa um, on the afternoon of the 12th. And as she's driving, she spots some running shoes in the middle of the road. And then she, you know, looks... And in a pool of blood nearby is Haifa Jabara laying in her blood. Oh, my God. So she had suffered a brain hemorrhage, broken ribs, a broken (gasps) ankle, a damaged shoulder, and a broken bone in her arm. Did he hit her with his car? He hit her with his car. Oh, my God. ran her over. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Haifa said she just, she had no recollection of the event like she did not remember it yeah colette on the other hand said he could guess what happened so according to the police report um Khalid stated that his mother was not hit randomly while walking yeah and that she was in fact run over by majors so the officer wrote when asked how he came to this conclusion he stated that he just knows yeah. Khalid stated that his mother has a protective order against majors and that they've been arguing back and forth for months. Oh my god. Khalid stated that majors is always causing issues for the family and making negative comments about Muslim people. Yeah. Which, again, not that it, it doesn't fucking matter in regards to their religion, but also they're Christians. <laughs> They yeah. left, like, part of the reason of them leaving Lebanon was because of their faith. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, so, I remember you said that, like, five minutes but, ago. Yeah. You know? So, when police located Majors inside an apartment complex near the scene of the hit and run, he was extremely drunk and <gasps> urinating without the use of his hands through his open pants. So, just drunk, like, hands-free pissing. I don't fucking know. Oh, my God. Um... So he said, according to the police report, he said, is she okay? Haifa? I was out driving my car, drunk. I'm always drunk and you guys never stop me. And there was this rabbit and Haifa jumped out in front of my car. What the fuck? Yeah. So he went on to repeat this. Also, he literally just admitted to hitting her while drunk driving. Yeah. What an idiot. So. I mean, like, fuck, what a fucking person. He's a fuck toy. Twad. He's a fucking... He's a piece of shit. Piece of shit. He's a piece of fucking garbage. But also a fucking idiot. Yeah. So he went on to repeat this with just different variations that he hit her and, oh, I left because I'm scared. Um, and then police found its found his car. It had its windshield shattered <gasps> and what appeared to be blood or tissue stuck on it. He fucking ran her down. Um, she survived... And recovered. Um, so, Majors would frequently 
call the police and complain about Haifa. On and did he were they still neighbors? Yeah, they're still neighbors. So, on previous interactions, he repeatedly referred to them as Arabs and Muslims. You know, because he's fucking trash and can't pronounce Arabs or Muslims. Yeah. But, whatever. Jeez. Yeah, trash. He's absolute garbage. So, Majors was charged with assault and battery with a deadly weapon. Yeah. Leaving the scene of a collision involving injury. Yeah. Violating a protective order and public intox. So, they should have big fucking in, charges. They should have thrown in public urination just to, because. They should have thrown in a fucking, pu- like, hate crime. Uh, yes. That's what they should have fucking They should done. have. So, yes. this is where it gets more fucked up. Great. So, Ushers always do. Yeah, they do. So, despite the seriousness of the charges and the fact that he lived right next to his victims, he was released after posting $60,000 bond on May 25th of 2016 and moved right back to the house right next to them. What the fuck? Yeah. He ran her over with his car. She had brain hemorrhage. Like, she very much could have died and didn't because someone found her. Yeah. And $60,000 bond, and he's good to go back. Like, that. that's so fun. Like, he's awaiting trial, but he bonded out and is, yeah. doesn't have to stay in jail. Yep. So, on Friday, August 12th of 2016, Khalid learned from another neighbor that Majors had somehow obtained a gun. So now he's a convicted felon, With like, who shouldn't gun. have a gun. Yep. And he does. So, Khalid called the police, stating that this man has a gun, and that he was scared for what might happen. The police came and told them that they couldn't do anything. God. Eight minutes later, after the police leave, eight minutes, Khalid is talking on the phone with his mother. He's telling her about what's going on. He's like, you shouldn't, you know, like, don't come home. Don't, he has a gun. Like, just for your safety, don't be careful. Um, He's, this is when he, so he's on the phone with his mom. And he steps outside to get the mail. And Majors is waiting for him. So a little before 7 p.m., Majors opened fire and fatally wounded 37-year-old Khalid. God damn it. The neighbor that's on the other side of the Jabara's residence, like across the street, yeah, heard gunshots and looked outside in time to see Majors shoot Khalid a final time. Several other neighbors heard the gunshots and saw Majors, like, circling Khalid. So, when one neighbor screamed at Majors to leave, he pointed his gun at the neighbor uh, and then just fled in his bare feet, leaving behind footprints in blood and then later mud between the two houses. Um, And a large caliber handgun was found near the shooting location. Yeah. Paramedics took Khalid to the hospital where uh-huh. he was pronounced dead. Uh, so how many, how many times was he shot? Multiple? Three. three times. Three times. God. So police surround Major's house and they order him to surrender, but they get no response. Yeah. So finally, an officer spots Major's hiding in a tree behind the Jabara residence. What the fuck? Um, and they arrest him. Yeah. 
he ran to hide behind a tree behind their fence. Oh. Um, so they found a six pack of beer close by and he was somewhat intoxicated. Uh-huh. I need a drink. Oh my god. This guy, like, what the actual fuck is wrong with this person? Mm-hmm. He's this fucking trash 60-year-old racist fucking asshole. Yeah. He was charged with first-degree murder, felony possession of a firearm, and a hate crime. Finally. Finally the fucking hate crime. There we go. So, jurors in his trial heard from roughly 30 witnesses. That's so many people! Including members of the Jabara family, police officers who responded to previous reports about his behavior, and a psychologist who said he believed Majors had a psychotic event caused by untreated schizophrenia. Okay. I mean, even if that's the case, it's still... Yeah. Like, it's not okay. Yeah. So they also listened to a deposition that was taken by Majors' husband, Stephen Schmaus, who had died the previous spring. Oh, Um, shit. So Majors was the only one that was in the house? Mm -hmm. So yeah. when his husband died, then is that when all the drinking and shit started? Or was he already a he crazy He was already drunk? crazy fucking drunk racist asshole. Well, no, I knew the racist asshole part. Because obviously but, yeah. that's not, like, that doesn't Fair. come overnight. But um, they also heard ten jail phone conversations that the two had uh, during his stay, various different stays yeah. at the Tulsa jail yeah, that revealed his dislike of the Jabaras due to their Lebanese background. Oh, this... God. So, also in the calls, Majors expressed anger at Schmaus because of his friendship with Khalid. Um, so he fucking was pissed at his husband for being friends with a Lebanese man. Like... Oh my god. So, prosecutors said this was proof of his jealousy and indicative of further motive to kill him. Yeah. So, Major's defense sought a finding of not guilty by reason of insanity. No. Uh, with his lawyer stating uh, that such a verdict tells the community how society treats sick people. And look, society treats people that have mental health issues like absolute shit they do there is not enough social support no we just fucking throw people in jail when really they need to be seen by a psychiatrist they need medication they need a support network yes and so we just throw them in jail this is not an example of that i i i agree and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about my case and where there was clearly mental illness, but mm-hmm. someone that had previously received help and then was refusing it, and it was just a whole new can of worms and a whole new situation. Well, there's just, there is a difference between having mental health issues and committing a crime, even a, a, a horrible crime like assaulting someone, like getting in a fight. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between that and murdering someone. There's a huge fucking difference. I agree. Um, and in neither, because I can also, I don't not understand, but I can also see how it would be different if someone had like 
very severe schizophrenia or other mental health issues that they, you know, thought they were being attacked by everyone they met or just different perception that, that wasn't able to perceive reality at all. Yeah. Murdering someone and it would be different. Yeah. This is not that case. Your case no. was not that case. Like that. No, it because wasn't. Because it is important to have the verdict of not guilty by reason of Sandy. Absolutely. Yeah. But not in these cases. Like well, I, and there are a lot of cases that try to use that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, all the time. Well, fucking temporary insanity. Gay panic was a oh, fucking yeah. defense. I, no. Until literally, yeah. like, the 2000s. I know. And I... Yeah. It's so fucked up. So, yeah. So, family friends suggested um, that... Family one of the things of the um of the Jabara family. Okay, okay. Um, I was like, I'm sorry, did this this shit stick have friends? I doubt it. I mean he got a husband. <laughs> he got I don't know how. Don't either. He, he I saw his picture, he's not cute, he's doesn't have money, he's not a good person. I, I don't, don't get, get it. it. I, I have no fucking I don't get idea. It. So one of the Jabara's family friends okay. um suggested that Something that played a role in Khaled's Khaled's murder was the current political climate, uh, stating that after 9-11, you did not see the rhetoric that you see now. It's gotten so much worse. If crazy people keep hearing that Mexicans are rapists and Arabs are terrorists, well, then who are crazy people going to take their craziness out on? She has a fucking point. Unfortunately, yeah. It, we definitely are in a I don't political, really even know how to respond. Yeah. We're definitely in a political climate that that kind of extremism and that kind of domestic terrorism is becoming widespread. Not becoming, but is more in the open and yeah. becoming more accepted by more people. Yeah, I, it is. And it's. It's very much something we've noticed in the last almost 20 years. Yeah. And it's... That's plagued our country. And it's... You know, the racism and the... It's always the been radicalized there. domestic terrorism, the white national... It's, it's always been there. Yes, that is not But new. the public empowerment of late, of it, has... Well... Is... And I, obviously we, I I don't feel like we have the broadest perspective on it at all because we're white. We don't have. No, exactly. We're not affected by this in the same way that people of color. Not at all. Are. Like it. Well, and we, and we recognize not. that, which is a step but, forward. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, in the 60s with civil rights, the civil rights movement, there was steps forward and progression was made mm-hmm. but i almost feel like now we are literally just taking so many steps back oh yeah like and and not that things have ever been good i don't think they have Mm-mm. they've gotten better but now i feel like we're getting worse again i think does that make sense i i think we have not moved as far ahead as we have thought 
I think it's I think it's a strong mix of it is now becoming more in the public eyes the injustices that have been going on. Yeah. As well as there are certain political figures that spout this racist garbage. Yeah. And then become president and it becomes okay. And it's it does not, not become okay. It, it doesn't, but it becomes something that, oh, the president is saying this. Like, it it vilifies. It's, oh. Um, and you're, it, You're yeah. taking this into territory. I, that yeah. is, it's so difficult because I, I agree 100%. <laughs> I just still can't believe it. Like, there's still that part of me that's just like, wait, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. How the fuck have we gotten here? Yeah. How the fuck is this guy our president? I, I still... I just don't know. I just... Th- and this is a reality that I know many people, many people of color, many people of different religions have known about America for fucking ever. Yeah. But... Now we all know. This it. election and the election cycle and the, the two years prior to... It really opened my eyes to how much hate and intolerance is alive and well in America today. I know. And it, but it's also something that it's only going to end if we end it. Yes. So vote in November. (laughs) Fucking vote. Vote Fucking vote in November. November. Make sure you are registered to vote. Uh, Texas has a website that you can literally enter your information to check if you're registered to vote. Which I'm is sure so a lot great. of other states probably have something similar. Well, and also, I don't... I think this is in the state of Texas. It may just be in the city of Austin. But you don't have to go to a specific polling location. Yes. You can go to any polling location and yeah. any voting... You can go anywhere. So if you happen to work somewhere that's closer to one place and live closer to another, you pick. Pick yeah. which one you want to go to. Just go fucking vote. Fucking vote. I... That was one thing I love. Vote and be educated about what you're voting yeah, do for. Do some research on who is running on the different... Don't... The fucking que- state questions, the different laws that are being voted on. Yeah. Don't, don't go in blind. Don't go in blind. Don't just pick someone because you've heard that name or because it's who your family's voting for. Learn what the policies are. Learn, learn where their stances are and vote. Yeah. And don't... Well, there, there are so many quick quick sheets of like yes. here are the highlights of your state elections that are happening on this day. And honestly this is what this person believes. This is what this person believes. If you this will look at is. a quick sheet that is doing so much more than just going in blind or going in mm-hmm. with someone else's perception. Because it's okay to have different beliefs than those closest oh, to you. absolutely. I mean it's, it's totally okay. Absolutely. And so that's why it's important to form your own beliefs look at the quick sheets i'm not saying you have to build your life on politics and like learn every single thing because politics are messy and it gets complicated and i will totally admit that there are things that go on and some of these just it gets complicated yeah and i am there with the like oh i don't completely understand that but Just learn high level. If you're going to learn anything at all, at least learn high level. And this, I know we have a lot of international listeners. 
this goes for y'all's elections as well. We've seen recent elections in France. Yes. Macron. uh, Where Macron uh, defeated uh, Marie Le Pen and kept that nationalistic puppet fascist from gaining power. Yeah. We've seen it in Britain with Brexit. Like, yes. Vote. And also to the American expats out there, um, fucking mail-in ballots. Yes. They're a thing. Mail-in. It is your absolute right. You can still vote. Because like, um, that is something, a... when I was in Norway, I didn't know I could still vote. Yeah. I, I So I didn't for that year I was abroad. And I it, it wasn't during a presidential election year. But it was Thankfully. during a midterm year. Yeah. And I didn't still very ver- vote for senators and uh, the Oklahoma governor. Mary fucking Fallon won. But yeah. Anyway. anyway unfortunately, yeah. very applicable to this episode. But yeah. Anyway. But let me get back to. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Political tangent. Yeah. So sorry, not sorry. Yeah, that's I'm our not world. sorry. That's that's fucking... our world. That's our life. That's what we're living in the day to day. I think it's a very important conversation to have. It absolutely is. So, <laughs> getting back to this, uh, Khalid's siblings really sought to. They wanted to contrast him from this fucking monster that yes. his murderer was. So his brother wrote that Khalid was hilarious quirky, very intelligent, and really would give all of himself for anyone he loved. Sounds amazing. His sister said that he was sensitive to the core. He loved others so much and wanted to be loved back. Um, Our brother Khalid was just 37 years old and had his whole life ahead of him. He was a kind spirit, loving brother, uncle, and son. Khalid's heart was big. He cared for our entire family, our friends, and people he didn't even know. He created every Jabara family joke and filled our lives with love and laughter. All of that has been taken away from us by this hateful man and a system that failed to protect our community. So, on February 20th of 2018, a Tulsa County judge sentenced majors to life without the possibility of parole plus 11 years and six months as well as a $22,000 fine so was that 11 years and six months because of one of the other it was because the life sentence was for murder yeah um and then the rest the extra sentence was for felony possession and use of a firearm yeah as well as the the hate crime that's what I thought Um, good he deserves to be in jail. He's a fucking monster. He does deserve to be in jail. I agree. Like I said, my case was also heavy. very heavy, but in a different way. Yes. One of the most heartbreaking things was in a lot of the articles it had, there's this one picture that was in a lot of articles. Yeah. And it's the whole family. It's um, the mom, father, the siblings, um, Everyone's sitting on the couch yeah. and holding uh, Khalid's picture because he's not there to. And it. Oh my god. It was. It's just fucking heartbreaking, and it. His mother spoke um, a lot, but they. I don't know if I mentioned this, but they weren't in. They didn't attend the sentencing. 
they didn't want to give Majors any more attention than he'd already been given. I respect that so much. Yeah, but... I respect people who go. Mm-hmm. I respect people who don't. It's, it's just... It's like it's your, you're empowered to do what feels right for you. Exactly. Like In it, that situation. It is your... It is your choice, and no one else can tell you what is the right choice, because whatever your choice is, is the right choice. Yes, because it was yours. But, well, do we want to jump into postmortem? I guess. I, you won. Like, Jamie's case is, they they were both horrific. Yes, they were. Yours was... Jamie's case is just sickening. Like it is okay. Just, I will say they're both they, they they're are. both intense. They're, they're both horrible. Yeah, mine is gonna stick with me for a while. Like I don't think I'm gonna be able to let go of this one. Yeah, I um, you won. I'll pick the topic for next episode. And how I know that you won is because after your story, I was like, yeah, the next episode is gonna be a survivor's episode. Because it's about time. That was too much. That was too heavy. If I we need a survivor, so yeah. And I was like, yep. And like we mentioned, the survivor card comes out when needed, and it's very yep. needed. Yeah. So um, here's a little preview. Next week's gonna I be guess, a survivor. Yeah, I, I'm pulling the trigger now. But um, no, I, if, I mean you you. Made your decision of topic, and yes. Um, If y'all haven't listened, we have an episode, um, I believe episode... Mm, 10? 11? Something like that. Look it up. 11. It was 11. Episode 11. Okay. Um, I will survive. It was, it's a Survivor's episode. It's, we decided then that when, when cases get real heavy, when it just gets a lot... We have the option to pull the survivor card and do an episode about people that survived at incredible odds. Yeah. And it's it's great because so many of these episodes don't end in a hope factor. I mean almost all of them. Because almost it's all of them. murder. Like it the person died. Yeah. Like that is the end of their story. So we need those episodes that end in a hope factor because yeah. otherwise it's just uh, it's too, I, yeah. I can't even put words there's just too much it's too much but so yeah so expect some lightheartedness next time and um I say lightheartedness still gonna be horrific it's still it's still, still horrific and hard but, going through something awful but it, it's but so live it's different to know because both our cases we did last time were horrific I mean nightmarish Yep. But they survived. And they're still alive to tell their story and to... It's not even tell the story. To fucking do shit like... Live. Go to McDonald's for lunch. To yeah. to do anything and everything. To go grocery shopping. Yeah. They get to have that opportunity because they survived. Which, and that's... you know, I will say this is getting really mushy. But that's a really great perspective to have. How small blessings can be. The ability to go to the grocery store. Not everyone can do that. Even, even no. I mean, those living, not everyone can do that. Absolutely. Whether like, it's from an affordability or just what you're able to do physically. Like, it's true. don't take the little things for granted. Yeah. I've been really working on positivity lately um, because 
unfortunately, it it can be so easy to be super negative. Yeah. And complain and just bitch and moan. But you know what? Like, why put yourself in that headspace? Why attract negativity? Mm -hmm. Because if all you are is negative, you will attract negative. Yeah. And if you just start turning your perspective, it's all about perspective, people. If you just change your perspective, think positive, shit still happens, but try to see the silver lining. Absolutely. And it's... it's I think what's important is to not... Is to not wait for that end goal of, like, be positive, change the perspective, but to work for it. To to try to... To just make the effort yeah, to change oh, your perspective an, and do it. It is an because, effort every minute of every day. Like, sh- but depression happens. Like, shit happens. Sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes you're not going to be able to spin a good perspective on something. Sometimes things are shit, and that's all it is, shit. But you get but through the shit. But to put the effort in... Ch- it's huge and it's because i know i i'm someone who very regularly struggles with depression um i've been on different medications uh from time to time yeah and it so like the for me chain trying to change my perspective doesn't always work sometimes i do need help i need to reach out and see a counselor i need to reach out to my doctor and yeah uh, try a different medication Try a different medication formula. But see, um, I... And, or different, just different ways of, you know, even little things like meditating. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, honestly, little, like, I almost seems childless, but it really helps. Things like counting to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then responding um, to a stimulus or an event that just happened. Just... Giving yourself a moment to process instead of just doing what your chemically imbalanced brain says to do. And I <laughs> see that as something that is shifting towards the thinking positive because it's, it's action. Absolutely. You're recognizing, you're thinking, and just whatever that little thing is, even if it is counting to ten, that's you just trying to change your perspective. Absolutely. And I and it's that's all something I think we can all think about and yeah. focus on and because we live in a very dark world and that's the reality we that we're in. We live but in we a don't very have dark to live world, in darkness. But we also live in a very bright world. Yes. Because as many shitty and fucked up horrible things happen every day, amazing, incredible, great things happen every day too. It's true. And it's you can't have dark without the light kind of thing. That's true. But. I think that's a good note to end on. Also, I, I just did want to mention, we're not medical professionals at all, but, you know, obviously talk to your doctors. Talk it's to your doctor. It's so important to have a. Talk to a therapist. Therapists and having a psychiatrist or therapist is so important for fucking everyone. Everyone. I mean, God. I feel like that should almost just be a thing literally everyone in this entire freaking world does. We're fucking talk to someone. A professional, not just not just your friends, not just your family. Talk to someone. We're fucking bones and meat wagons controlled by like a two pound organ that's like, I'ma do shit. Like fuck it, talk to a therapist. People, people are people have a lot. We have a lot to us. Fucking And on that note on that note. I want to remind y'all to rate and review us. 
that's a transition. That I, I mean, you know, you know. No, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> My cat just almost fell off the couch, and she was sleeping, and she twisted, and she's okay. She's she's okay. She's, she's a little startled. She's bad fall asleep, honestly. Um, no, I just. You know, yeah, it was no, time to transition to it the was, end of the episode. Yeah. And I just want to let y'all know that give us some feedback. Like, you yeah. have the power yeah. to let us know what you think. So, you, please our, do our, that. You, you're my person, listeners. You're well, my person. I do just want to say, I can't get over the love we're oh receiving. And oh my God. people we are, the, people we are reaching. yesterday that... Yeah. Made me want to like cry. I know. People are reaching out to us and y'all are y'all are letting us know that you're listening and I cannot thank you guys. We cannot thank y'all enough. Absolutely. It means so much every that this little podcast we're doing. Every review y'all post, every every comment y'all post one of our things, every reblog or re whatever it's called on Twitter repost, retweet retweet we or read every it. at us we read them and we're we, looking at we them. literally like scream at each other like if we're at work and we see it we'll text each other and be like oh my god look at Meredith's tweet like yes. it's fucking amazing so just y'all know, are incredible we're taking screenshots of these things as they come through like this means so much to us because mm-hmm. we when we started this podcast I remember we talked about it we were like if we even have 50 people listening then this is worth it and yeah. we're, we're well above that. And so, yeah, we thank you. Are, we're, what, 3,000? Yeah. Like, it's... Nearly. Y'all are fucking amazing. I, I never expected to... I don't know. I, I just love y'all so much. I know. Like, there's so much I don't much know love. how to say it. So much love for you guys, and we want to do more fun things for y'all. We want to give you... Um, I want to give you the fucking world. It's true. We want to give you more amazing episodes, more murder minis. We really want to do merch. I know we keep talking about it. I know, we, we do. We're really passionate we about doing that. We've looked at so many different, like, bulk sites of, like, doing different, like, wine glasses or... T-shirts or totes everything. or... And we're like, okay. sockets. How do we fucking do this? <laughs> like, like, what, what do we... How much, what do we need to do to get this... To be y'all. So, I'm fucking telling y'all. If if y'all have any suggestions, if there's like a piece of merch, if there's an idea for an episode. If you are literally sitting fucking, there if you dying sit for there a keychain, like, tell us. It, and if you want to sit there and just be like, hey, fucking, fucking add us, say hi. say hi. We will scream and like your comment and say hi back. Um, it is now nearly midnight, and we have oh, to get up uh, in like three hours to drive to Oklahoma. So we also have to finish our wine. Oh yeah, I mean that's step number one. I mean yeah, obviously. But, all right. But well, thank y'all so much for everything, and thank you. Um, thanks. Keep it positive. Smile. Remember, tomorrow's another day, and that we love you. Tomorrow's another day, and our next episode's a survivor one. So. Our next episode is a Survivor one, and Look it's a week away. Look forward to it. It is. It is just one week away. Or, if y'all are from the future, listen to it right now. Listen to it right after this. Hit next. And boom, you're there. I don't think you have to hit next. It just starts playing. I don't know Maybe. how fucking... I don't... You know. I don't listen to podcasts back to back. I don't know. Okay, well, I'm gonna um, help Tyler with his binging. He needs to do it a little more, I think. 
Yeah. I, the only thing This I'm, coming from the guy that just sits in the dark doing nothing. Basically, that's what I do. All right. All right. Anyway. Love you guys. Thank you. Blood and Wine signing off. Bye. Bye.